This weekly podcast inspires you to step outside of your comfort zone. My name is Zakir Muhammad, and I'm your host of the Living Legacy Podcast. I am a cancer survivor, brand cultivator, strategist, author, and world traveler. This Living Legacy Podcast features women of purpose sharing stories of resilience. They are single and married. They are artists and entrepreneurs who run businesses and juggle parenthood. If you are ready to hear interviews about professionalism, entrepreneurship, travel, life, and love, you are in the right place. They will share stories of how they overcame adversity while seeing life through a different lens. Let's get into it. This episode is sponsored by my new book called Seeing Life Through a Different Lens, a survivor's memoir on overcoming adversity with resilience. You can visit ZakiraNayar.com. Today's guest on Living Legacy Podcast is my good friend, Tabitha. She is the CEO of Marshall Duke Consulting. She teaches leaders actionable strategies to help resolve and manage conflict. These conflict resolution tools can help them to build and maintain constructive relationships in their homes and workplaces. Tabitha is also the human resources manager at Jewish Analytics in Nashville, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Georgia. She now resides in Michigan with her husband. In a downtown, Tabitha loves dancing and traveling and reading and cats. <laughs> and we met in uh, the group called 1K One Day. And so if you listen back to episode 13 of my podcast, I also did an interview with CPA or Certified Public Accountant, Shannon Sharice Prince, who we also met in the same class. But Tabitha has 16 years of experience uh, managing complex matters in the judiciary, public and private sector, working alongside judges, attorneys, and high-level civil service officials. She later earned her master's degree in conflict management at Lipson University. So today we're going to talk about conflict resolution tools, how to navigate the new normal, uh, life in general, and how she transitioned from law. So hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Nice to be (laughs) on. Thanks for having me. Yes. So how is the transition for you? It's been a very interesting transition. I have been able to rely on a lot of the tools that I teach people and I share with people because we're all in this together. This is something that is so unexpected. It is in, in many ways so frightening because we often fear the unexpected and the unknown. And uh, I have had to be gentle with myself and go back to basics and center myself to be able to go through this. You know, um, it's been okay. I've had my moments where I was like, what is happening? Where is the life that I know? (laughs) And then I've had moments where I've said, well, you know, this is something new. We're going to get through this together. We just have to get through today and have hope for tomorrow. So just like everyone else, I've been managing one step at a time. Yeah, that's all we can do. All we can do is take it a step at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, it's kind of funny. We have a a very interesting story. So we um we met in 1K one day, which of course is like this online tool to really help us to really, I felt like for me was to gain clarity in my own self-employed business. But then yes. we happened to be neighbors, right? Like live right around the corner yes. from each other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it took, what, a year or two for us to, like, meet in person? Yes. And and how is that? Because it's like life is so busy. 
how is that? How is that? We, but it's also, it also shows what we learned. We learned that you, you have a great product, which 1K One Day was. It was what we needed at the time. And then you have a way for people to connect. And we were able to connect in, in the Middle Tennessee group. I was so happy for that because we, we moved from seeing each other in 1K One Day posting and, and saying things to actually connecting and getting to know each other. And sometimes that's how the best collaborations are born. Absolutely. And the best friendship, the best sisterhood. Um, because I feel yes. like when we did finally meet um meet up, we met up right before everything just went kaput. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also both of us, you know, ended up moving into different directions. So we went from like yeah. being neighbors to not being neighbors. But we just like bonded and I mean it, ironically this our work uh, our our love for people is very similar. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. I think we both value relationships so highly and, and value the connection of sisterhood so highly. And even in 1K One Day, our teacher in 1K One Day, Nicole Walters, her motto is rich friends are real friends. And so we, I think that connected a lot of people in that group, but more so I think for you and I, we just have, we are exposed to other cultures and we just, understand how deep relationships are supposed to be and we really work to to keep relationships very deeply in our lives and i think that's what drew me to you the way that you talked about your friends and the way that you celebrated friendships and sisterhoods i thought oh yeah this is how i feel about my friends too she's a cool girl <laughs> i love that and i love that you mentioned culture because i think most people no, but don't know that, like, on my maternal side, um, at least my, my grandfather is from the Virgin Islands. And so yeah. I have part Caribbean in me. And yes. So, and then when we, well, actually, when we connected, we had, like, a Caribbean-style dinner, right? Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> so I want you to kind of, maybe you can summarize your life story of where you've been. So where, where you were born and where you traveled to, then when you studied, and then how you got to where you are now. Sure. That has been quite a journey. So fasten your seatbelt because first we're going to go to Guyana. I was born in Guyana and I grew up there and did all of my schooling there, finished high school there and started at the University of Guyana. And I grew up on the coast of Guyana in the capital, Georgetown, and attended New Caminius Primary School, and then Queens College and Bishop's High School. Those were my two high schools. And while there, I I don't know if I could say I always wanted to, knew I wanted to do law, but in talking with my mom, that's what kept coming up. And she said, all right, start from the beginning do everything, both the sciences and the arts, and see which one you're better at. And it was always the arts. And so I left Guyana for the University of the West Indies to do law. And I did it in two parts. First, the law degree, which was in Barbados, and I lived there for two years. And then the bar, which was in Trinidad, 
and I lived there for two years also. After doing that, I worked for a bit in Guyana, which is my country of birth, and then I moved to St. Kitts Nevis, and I worked there as an associate at a lovely firm, Kelsic Wilkin and Ferdinand, and I really, I enjoyed St. Kitts. I really did, and I made so many very close friends there, and in in so many ways, I connected with St. Kitts and remain connected to St. Kitts because my husband is Kittitian. But I didn't meet him when I lived there, which is just another amazing story. One of my very close friends in St. Kitts is his aunt, his mom's sister. But that's not how I met him. But that's just really amazing that when I met him, you know, I knew his aunt very well. And so after working in St. Kitts and Nevis, um, I worked also in the Bahamas. In the Bahamas, I worked at the Supreme Court and I was assistant and deputy registrar there. And I also worked in Cayman, at the court in Cayman also. And I was the equivalent of registrar, which in Cayman is called clerk of court. So I really have lived and worked in many, many places and have really become a citizen of the world and understanding different cultures, understanding what is important to people and how useful it is as a tool to be flexible and adaptable because you never know what someone's why is. And you never know why they're doing what they're doing. And they may have a very, very cogent reason that you just don't know about. And that reason might be deep-seated in their wants, their desires, their cultures. And so it's always good to find out why. Before we even start processing or making decisions, let's go to the why. And so I've brought all of that knowledge of different cultures and and being adaptable and working with people. I've brought that into my work in the US in conflict management and conflict resolution. I love that. So you are definitely worldly and it's definitely shown when it comes to helping to resolve conflict. Because of course, there's different levels of conflict, especially at home. Uh, but most conflicts are very common with this simple miscommunication, misunderstanding, cultural differences. So how do you encourage people to, now that they're home a lot more with their family, how do you encourage them to navigate those loopholes? You know, I always say, look for the why. Don't assume. Sometimes we think that we know people and we think that we know why they're doing something. But you only know, you only know as much as people tell you or show you. And for navigating this shelter from shelter at home, shelter in place, work from home, shutdown, whatever you want to call it, we're experiencing it differently, each person. I don't want to say it's a new normal, but after so many days, it really does feel in a lot of ways like a new normal. And I would say be patient with yourself and be patient with others. Know, know what your source is and, and whatever your source is, draw from it to tend to your own 
physical and emotional and spiritual needs and take care of yourself. Monitor your feelings so that you yourself can understand where your triggers are and when it might just be good to have a little relax, watch something funny, take a break, go for a walk and help to manage conflict within yourself first. Once you do that, it is easier to manage conflict with other people. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Silence to Shame is on a mission to empower and educate communities on mental health and wellness. To learn more about the organization, visit their website, silencetoshame.com. Subscribe to the Silence to Shame podcast, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Also, check out and subscribe to Silence to Shame TV on YouTube to see past community conversations, webinars, and more. To show your support, please consider donating by texting SILENCE to 707070 or at silencetheshame.com. So how would you describe your journey toward getting there? What tools or books or resources or advice helped you to really get to that point within yourself? First of all, my faith. Um, I carry that with me every day. A daily walk with Christ. Every day, even walking with Christ every day looks different. Um, I get up in the morning, I thank him for the gift of another day because I've learned not to expect it when I go to bed at night. Wake up in the morning and it's a gift. My daily walk with Christ and my faith helps me. I stand on that. And then standing on that is not something I do without reference to anything else. So once I'm standing, I need strength. And I... I draw strength from reading and exposing myself to things that would feed my soul and things that would build me up because there's so much information out there that could deplete me if I allow it to. I measure what I consume from TV, online, because it could get really depressing. The reality is a tough one right now. And so, for me, I have to care for myself in this reality. And for me, what that looks like is measuring what I consume. So I may, instead of looking at news, I may watch a feel-good movie, a romantic comedy, or some other type of movie. Or I may just get to the app on my phone and listen to some calming music listen to the sound of rain while I read a novel, you know, so different little things to build me up and not deplete me. And then my perspective. I try to keep a clear perspective. If if an emotion comes and it's not a positive one, I don't beat myself up. I just sit with that emotion for a minute. And someone taught me to say, why are you here? What do you want? And so I asked that of the emotion. Why are you here? What do you need? And sometimes I may just need to rest. I may just need to be more vigilant in how I take my vitamins. I may just need to exercise. And things like that help 
help me balance the negativity in this crisis and fill myself so I can help others. Because a lot of what I do is helping others and I can't help them from a place of weakness. So first, I take care of myself and then I can be happy and also help others resolve conflict in whatever they do. Share little tips with them, tell them about the tools that exist and help walk them through how to use those tools. I love that. I love that you also mentioned it sounds like just prioritizing your love language. Once you do know what your love language is, which seems to be a lot more quality time. And then, well, since we can or cannot use physical touch right now, so <laughs> active service is having, you know, your, your close partner or someone do things for you or just understand that, okay, today is not my day. Yes. Sometimes we have to do that. Today is not my day. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a vacation, you know, and to the backyard, then, like as of right now. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, sometimes it's the bed too. Sometimes it's the bed with a book. Sometimes it's a vacation virtually, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes we just have to say today is not my day and that's okay too. Now tell me about a time where you overcame adversity with resilience? Mm, great question. So I was divorced. And going through that in itself is adversity. Divorce is conflict in so many ways. It happens because two people don't agree. And so they, they separate and they use the law to help them separate. And that happens because of conflict. When I, when I did it, I was not yet in the discipline of conflict management. So it was more a, a walk of resilience. I surrounded myself with everything that would set me up for success. I made sure, even when I didn't feel good about what was happening or what I was going to do, you know, I surrounded myself with everything that would set me up for success. And what that looked like was that I, I was connected to a, a wonderful church and I was connected to... Holy Spirit-filled teaching in that church. And then I had a community. I had a community of friends that supported me. And within that community, I also had an inner circle. And that inner circle, I trusted them for perspective when sometimes my perspective was not necessarily... You know, you just sometimes need to talk something through or hear yourself talk or bounce an idea off of someone. And that's, that's the value and the blessing of having a community and an inner circle that you can talk to. Um, because no man is an island. We, we can't get through this life alone. And then I had an attorney. So I was able to get advice of things that work for me and things that would benefit me. So again, 
I used in that time of adversity, resilience and tools. And I went through the same process that I take my clients through now. First, get clarity. And then second, build confidence. And third, find a solution that works for you and then apply it. Find a solution that works for you and the situation that you're in and then, then apply it. And I think that's why I'm able to confidently guide people through a process because I've been there in other situations of adversity aside from divorce. I always say, all right, clarity, confidence, solution. And it's a simple, short process. It can take a while depending on where you are. And, you know, like we said before, every day isn't the same. But truly, this, it's a great process to walk through and take people through. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you mentioned that because, ironically, when we did meet, I was going through my own divorce. So I, I literally, I asked you for advice, but it was so funny that it was almost reinforcement for me because the same thing that you did is what I had been doing throughout the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where can we find you on the web, but also what services are you offering currently? I have a coaching program called Elite Resolution Academy. And that program can be found on my website at marshallduke.com. So you can find me on the web at marshallduke.com. You can read a whole bunch of stuff about me. You can see my offers. You can see the coaching program itself, Elite Resolution Academy. And in that program, we walk through these same stages. So you come into the program, bring whatever ails you, whatever the conflict is. We will first go through the clarity stage, figuring out what it is, figuring out how you react to conflict, doing an actual test to see what your conflict style is, and then finding things that work for you and are applicable to the conflict and using those to build confidence and then we apply those solutions to the conflict for the win. In addition to that, I have a great starter resource on my homepage and that's a free ebook and it's Effective Conflict Resolution, 31 Strategies to Successfully Resolve Disagreement. And in that ebook, which can be downloaded for free from my website, you're going to get one for every day of the month. And they're just little tips that can take you through a conflict. You can read, read them and apply them and send me an email to talk about it. If there's something coming up or presenting itself in your life or in your, your work that you want some support through. Perfect. And so I know you follow, you have, I follow you on social media. And I know you have a great handful of inspirational quotes on social media, but where can others find those wonderful quotes? Awesome. You can find them at Marshall Duke Consulting on Facebook and on Instagram. 
I'm very active on Facebook. You can find me there. You can find me also quite active on LinkedIn. I'll be Tabitha Libert on LinkedIn. So go to Marshall Duke Consulting on Facebook or hop on over to LinkedIn, Tabitha Libert, and you're going to be in position for some great information and free conflict resolution tips. Perfect. Okay, so I have a fun question, or maybe a couple of fun questions that I've started to ask. But when this is all over, what is the first place you want to travel to? South Africa. Cape Town, South Africa. And you knew that immediately because? (laughs) Because I am actually planning, I'm planning a learning experience for people. It's going to be an experience where you visit and learn in person and in the moment. So it's, it's, it's connected to conflict resolution and we're going to learn about conflict and learn about how it was resolved and learn about tools from another culture that walked through a road and very recent because what was happening in South Africa was in our generation. And so we're going to do sort of a walk through different cities and it's going to be days of sightseeing and then days of learning pods and days of wine tasting. And we're going to do it together as a group and we're going to learn while we relax and have some fun. So I want it to be South Africa. What about you? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Well, first of all, I miss South Africa. I love South Africa. I got to go. For those of you who have been listening to previous episodes of the podcast, I had I got to go to the Essence Music Festival in 2016, so I absolutely love Cape Town. I got to go to Johannesburg and Durban, even though Durban was where the festival was. So I absolutely love that. It's going to be a brilliant idea. That also reminded me, I, I had started and postponed because of not having the right team members, not having the right resources, and of course now that what's going on. Uh, I too wanted to have like a National Geographic style workshop in South Africa, so that's great. But I think for now, uh, I, I'm ready for a beach somewhere too. I'm ready to <laughs> go somewhere with water and it does not have to require a passport stamp. So if I can go to any one of the places that don't, that are, you know, acquired by the U.S. that don't require yeah. a passport stamp, I'm all for it. I've been thinking yeah. so much more about my, my maternal grandfather's history like my mom has said that she's you know she's been to St. Kitts she's been to St. Vincent she's seen some other people with our last uh, like family name but she still has not found anyone so I'm like I want to continue that track one I want to see you know this city I haven't been to the city or the country at all yes. so I want to do that so I don't know yes. any place that doesn't require a passport stamp as soon as I can get get my feet in water <laughs> yes no that sounds wonderful funny that you say that because I've been thinking of beaches too. Living so long in the Caribbean and being able to drive to just go and have a soak. I think about it often and I think, well, they're lucky to be quarantined in a place where they can eventually go to a beach. But I'd love to hear more about your trip to St. Thomas when you do it because you certainly don't need a passport stamp to get there. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. I kind of miss for a lot of that, in a way, too. I mean, even when I was there for six months in, like, the end of 2017 to early 2018, I mean, I went to, I only went to the beach, like, the actual beach once for pleasure, and then twice yeah. to, like, a private beach for work, or work, work or friends and family events. So it's, like, it's so crazy how it's, like, you live right near the beach, and you took advantage of it even then, huh? 
(laughs) (laughs) And that's what happens when you live near to the beach. Well, this has been great. So I can't wait to have the listeners listen to it and learn so much from how to continue to manage crisis. We are in a crisis. We are, you know, conflict is high, domestic violence um, is high. So these have been some great tips. So I thank you, my friend, for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been a brilliant experience. Congratulations to you on your podcast. Thank you for listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R-A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with your friends.